Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, and welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast, Thanksgiving edition. Britton, I know that there are a lot of fears and common concerns, not only around Thanksgiving, but the holidays in general. So we wanted to prep you guys with a little episode and some action steps. Yes. Um, I was saying to Lauren, you know, a lot of the same concerns kept coming up in all of my client sessions. So I said, you know what, why don't we make an episode? And that way you guys feel armed and ready to go into Thanksgiving dinner. So the way we wanted to kind of set up the episode is going over three big common concerns that can come up for you specifically during Thanksgiving, because although the holidays can bring about anxiety and just being around a lot of food, there's something about Thanksgiving that I think like the media and our society like sets up to be this like huge eating fest. And so we, you know, we acknowledge it. And it's so interesting because I was actually thinking about how I used to feel around Thanksgiving versus how I feel now. And I do remember it being such a big deal and it being this like, you know, this huge concern of mine that I was going to overeat. I was almost like preparing myself um, to overeat. And now I just view it as like a dinner with some of like my favorite foods. How, how has like your experience changed with Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's so interesting because it was almost like a rite of passage for me in, in the past, right. Where it's like, okay, well, this is the one time I'm going to allow myself to have X, Y, and Z. Um, I know a lot of people have different experiences, right? Like personally, I had more of that all or nothing mindset. So I didn't have as much fear around it because I would quote unquote prep meaning I would under eat for in preparation, right? Which we're going to talk about too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I feel like almost like different types of fears around Thanksgiving. There's the people who are like, oh no, like a lot of guilt associated for me personally, it was more of like the all or nothing where I was like, oh no, this is, it's fine because I quote unquote prepped and now I can eat whatever I want. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have like distinct memories of feeling like physically sick, like not just like unbuttoning my pants, which I had to do, but like laying on the couch, like horrible stomach cramps, like nausea, like really just feeling so overly full, which then brought about like a ton of shame and guilt and frustration. I also used to partake in Soul Cycles turkey burn. Mm. It's a 90 minute, you know, exercise spin class in the morning yeah. is like a, you know, oh, I can eat it. I can eat whatever I want as long as I'm burning off the calories in the morning. And so lots of really, you know, maybe not so helpful thought patterns around food and specifically on Thanksgiving. 
Yep. And it's tough too, because the language leading up to Thanksgiving, like you said, I mean, there's workout classes that are turkey burn, this idea that you have to burn everything off. Turkey trod. Yep. This idea that you have to eat as much as possible. You have to go into a food coma. Right. And it's so interesting now because I'm like, oh, it's just a meal. Like I feel great after. You know, it's just a meal and it happens to be some like delicious food that I don't get to eat all the time. Like I'm not eating stuffing all the time because I'm not making stuffing all the time. It's really, you know, I don't want to say complicated meal to make, but it's definitely tedious. Yes. So let's start with the fear of being around a lot of food. And this is something that comes up a lot, especially if you're somebody who has been restricting or has this like all or nothing mentality around food, if you normally aren't around a lot of food, it can feel extremely overwhelming to be in the presence of like a full buffet of food. So there are a few things that, you know, I would suggest. And one of them is like, are there ways that you can ground yourself before that meal? Are there like like, you know, breathing exercises that you can do? Are there affirmations that you can tell yourself? Like, I can trust my body. You know, I can always get more food if I wanted. Like the food isn't going anywhere. Just like ways to, you know, really regulate your nervous system and ground your body. What do you think? Like, what would you suggest? I have found it to be really helpful when I was in those situations to put a little bit of everything on my plate Mm -hmm. Um, rather than being like, oh, let me worry about just eating protein first. And then I can have that. I am still hungry if I still want it. Right. Like you're still going to want it. Like, especially something that, you know, is at the Thanksgiving table that isn't in your day to day, like your grandma's pie or, you know, that was always an interesting struggle too with clients because, they're like, well, what about the things that I actually don't get, you know, on my day to day where it's like, okay, we're, we're giving ourselves permission. We're exposing ourselves to Oreos and things that, you know, normally you would binge on that you can just buy at the grocery store. But what about like my grandma's pie? Right. Like I actually do not get that. Like I don't have access to it only. Right. Right. So, um, I think with something like that is again, giving yourself permission to have a little bit of everything, like everything you want Like I, and I feel like there's also two types of people where some people are like, I would rather just get a little bit at first and that feels more comfortable to me and then give myself permission to go for seconds. Mm -hmm. I was always that person. And I have a lot lot of clients who are the people who are like, I would rather like abundantly kind of like load up my plate and give myself permission (laughs) to, yeah, give myself permission to eat all of it or leave some on my plate. Yeah. I would find myself like loading my plate and then getting seconds. And I always felt this like sense of like embarrassment, even though I was with my family. I feel like when everyone like sits down, like people are just kind of like observing like, oh, like, what did you choose? Like, what did you get? Mm -hmm. I also going off of what you said, I think like asking yourself, like what sounds really good? Like what looks really good? If there is a, you know, a whole um, assortment of foods, if there are like roasted potatoes, 
I probably would skip those and I would prefer to have like the stuffing and like the mashed sweet potatoes because those are things that like I don't really get to eat all the time. So asking like what sounds really good, what looks really good and not focusing on, you know, the calorie part part of it or like what is considered quote unquote healthy and really asking like what looks good, like what sounds good to me right now. Right. Like if I gave myself full permission to have any of this food, what, what would be on my plate? Yes, exactly. If you were to say like, there are no calories in any of this food, how would your choices differ versus like solely looking through the lens of health and nutrition and, and, you know, calories? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's, that would be our advice. And again, like, regardless of what ends up happening on Thanksgiving, it is not going to affect you in the long term. And I say this because sometimes I'm working with intuitive eaters or I'm working with clients who are, you know, in this process and they feel like if they don't get it right, or if they don't honor their hunger cues, all of a sudden they're taking four steps back. And there isn't a right or wrong way to do this. There's only like an opportunity to learn and explore. So if you can just like acknowledge like this is just one meal. And if it doesn't go the way that you want, like that's okay. You know, you can move on, but try to, again, like have some compassion for yourself and realize like Thanksgiving can be really stressful. And it's the way that you know, we're taught to think about Thanksgiving that makes it even more stressful. Yes. 100%. So the second, um, you know, common concern we wanted to talk about is the fear of overeating. And this kind of goes hand in hand with like being around a lot of food. But the first thing that I will say is to eat regularly as if it is not Thanksgiving. What I find is people will skip breakfast or they'll have like a really small lunch. And again, I'm talking about if Thanksgiving is like dinner, if your Thanksgiving is lunch, which for many people it is like, that's obviously different, but have your regular breakfast. Don't skip on calories thinking that, you know, I want to like make room because that will lead you to eat way past comfort and set your, your body up for this like intense biological hunger. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would give the exact same advice of, you know, making sure you're eating throughout the day. Um, because you, everybody knows that feeling where you don't eat during the day, you get to the hors d'oeuvres and then you overstuff yourself with the hors d'oeuvres yep. and then you feel like, yes. oh, well, I still have to eat Thanksgiving dinner. And then you overstuff yourself again and you are so uncomfortable. Oh my God. This, this actually happened to me a few years in a row where I would get there and I don't know if they're going to listen to this. Maybe not my, Mm -hmm. my family where I went, like dinner would be called for like four, but like we wouldn't eat until seven. Mm -hmm. There was like delays in the kitchen and (laughs) I would be just sitting, eating the appetizers. I was so hungry. And all of a sudden, like I ate an entire thing of brie And by the time we sat down, I was already full, but I wanted to have dinner. Then like once I realized like, okay, like they tend to run a little bit late. I then had like a bigger lunch. So I could then like casually snack on the hors d'oeuvres and like the appetizers. So then I can enjoy dinner. Um, So obviously this is going to depend on every family, but yeah, like making sure you're not in the mindset of let me skip breakfast so I can make it up in calories later you know, your body still needs to be fed consistently and regularly and eating less 
in the morning is only going to set you up to eat way more than what feels good for you later on. And just from like a health perspective, like your body isn't meant to have these like big influxes of food at once, right? Like it's really great for your body to have and stabilize your blood sugar throughout the day with, you know, meals. That's, you know, what we need is food throughout the day. So keeping that in mind and just, it's, it's really about that awareness of like, huh, this is interesting and getting curious while that day is going on of like, wow, this, this Thanksgiving is, I remember like when I finally quote unquote cracked the code where I was like, Oh, I can eat the day of Thanksgiving. Um, and it's so sad. It's sad that like, we're again, we're trained. We're taught to skip breakfast. We're taught to, Oh, you better save up your calories. Like eat Uh, less. Yeah. But I remember that first Thanksgiving when I was like, huh, I can like actually make conscious choices while I'm eating the hors d'oeuvres, right? Not from a place of restriction of like, oh, I shouldn't have the chips, but it's like, oh, I can have a few chips and I'm satisfied and I'll still have room for dinner, you know, without being like, I need to eat every single hors d'oeuvre right now because I'm starving. Yes. And I think that comes with time and practice. Like it comes with the fact that like you gave yourself permission to also know that like you can have chips when it's not Thanksgiving. I think the challenge is when people only allow themselves to eat these foods on the holidays, it almost sets it up to become a binge fast because it's like, well, like this is the only day that I can have brie with chips and cookies and pie. So all of a sudden it's like, let me eat all of this now because I don't know the next time I can have it versus like, yeah, like I can have chips anytime I want. I can get pie anytime I want. Maybe I'm not eating stuffing all the time, but if I really wanted to make stuffing in like July, like I could. Yeah. Right. And so technically there's these, again, these two separate kind of problems slash types of people, right? It's like one, a person who is not eating enough during the day. So you're wanting to eat everything. And then the person who is well, I guess three types. A person who is uh, like not allowing those types of foods. So when they get there, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to eat all of it. I have to get this all in. Yeah. And then there's the combination, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't eat during the day and I don't allow myself these foods. So now I'm I, feeling yes. out I totally agree. And then I think there are people who kind of go like F it. Like I already like mm-hmm. messed up my day. Like might as well just eat everything else. And then that also creates a sense of like guilt and shame and frustration. The other thing I just, the last thing I wanted to mention with the fear of overeating is how can you try and be present and actually focus on the people that are at dinner? Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself like so focused on the food, is there a way to, you know, shift the focus to the conversations at the table or to your family. I will say though, on the other hand, there are people who tend to like emotionally eat or eat as a way to avoid tension or politics or conversations. So if that is happening, just like be aware of it. And it's not to say that it's something that's negative or bad. It's just something that's like interesting. If you find yourself eating out of like stress, like maybe like get up from the table, go to the bathroom, wash your face. Um, and so forth. Yeah. And again, it's that curiosity, right? So like, 
huh, that's really interesting. I'm noticing myself feeling really uncomfortable and I'm, I'm wanting to eat. Right. Like even this happened last night, one of my friends from Chicago is visiting and it was so funny because, uh, she's sitting at the table and she was like, I can't tell if I want ice cream or if I really just want to stop working because she was like looking for something to, uh, and I was like, Oh, look at you, all this awareness, which like by any, like she can have ice cream no matter what, but it's, she was just very aware. And, and it's funny because I'm not with her that much because she's in Chicago. So she's with me for a week. So, you know, you pick up on people's eating behaviors and whatnot. And <laughs> she picked up and, uh, Reese's off the table and she's like, why am I doing this? Like, right. I don't want this at all. Like, like I'm not hungry and I don't even right. want candy. I'm not hungry and I don't want candy. And like, it's just funny, like picking up on people's, like she has a lot of awareness around, yes. oh, why am I doing this? Huh? But no judgment around like, oh, I'm so bad. Why did I pick up candy? I shouldn't be eating this. Just like, why did I do that? That's really interesting. You know? Right. So same thing with like, if you're feeling that tension in your body, um, say you do emotionally eat cause you're uncomfortable. It's just data. It's just data for, huh? Thanksgiving, I, I really was uncomfortable. I was emotional. I tried to eat everything because of that. And then how do I take action moving forward? Yeah. That's all. And I will say like holidays can be really hard for people. And that kind of brings us to like the boundaries, mm-hmm. um, the last part, but it can be hard. And they're, you know, depending on like the family dynamics, like there can be discomfort or tension or awkwardness and just knowing that. And again, like not judging yourself if you do decide to turn to food, mm-hmm. um, but just having the awareness. So that brings us to the final, you know, concern, which is what do I do when my family members just start making food comments, body comments, you know, Aunt Sally is talking about like keto and Uncle Jeff is talking about like intermittent fasting. And so there are a few ways that you can set up boundaries. Like, of course, there are always like the external boundaries, which something that I tend to do is just shift the conversation. So rather than say like, I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm healing myself, my relationship with food. You can't absolutely do that. I find that most people feel uncomfortable saying that. And I completely understand. So I tend to just like shift the conversation. Like, Oh wait. So like, Jessica, tell me like, how's your new job going? Mm -hmm. And like, make it about them. And they're like, Oh, it's amazing. So that's one way I do it. Another, you know, boundary is just like getting up from the table, like again, going to the bathroom, maybe going on your phone, um, washing your face with water, taking a, you know, getting some air outside. And then the internal boundaries would be just like reminding yourself like why you're doing this work and like having space for the fact that like so many people are so deeply entrenched in diet culture. Like, is there a way to have compassion and empathy? Like we've all been there mm-hmm. and be like, this just like, isn't how I want to spend my time, my energy and my money anymore. Yep. Yeah. I have kind of like a framework for this one. I say like assess your relationship with the person, right? Mm-hmm. So is it somebody you're literally only seeing at Thanksgiving? Is it worth it for you to say something to them? And if it is, that's totally fine. Um, but I find that a lot of people are like, I see her once a year. I'm not going to like the one time I see her be like, oh my gosh, right. like stop talking about this thing. Right. Um, so the tips that Brittany gave were really helpful. And then, um, the other thing is like, if you know what to expect from a certain friend or family member, like, 
go like think about the past of comments they've said and how they've triggered you and made you feel and go in with something to combat that. Right. So I'm always like, okay, what was the comment that maybe they said in the past? How did it make me feel? And then how did I respond versus how do I wish I responded? Mm. Right. So if I responded with, uh, emotional eating, or if I responded with frustration, or if I responded with giving into what they were saying, um, I wish I just had an affirmation on hand because I know every single time she talks about her new diet, like I'm just going to go in and remind myself that, uh, I don't need to be on a diet and I'm on my own journey and, um, you know, I'm, I'm exploring learning things about myself. Right. Yeah. Something I heard Evelyn Tripoli say, which I tell clients all the time, and it really resonates. is like, is this person reachable and are they teachable? Because if you tell someone like, Oh, I'm on this journey, this path to heal my relationship with food, they might look at you and be like, what? (laughs) Like, what are you even talking about? So you feeling more disempowered and frustrated. Yeah. So like, is this person reachable? Are they teachable? Will they get it? And you can also use this as an opportunity to plant really small seeds. So if somebody says like, Oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Like this is not part of my diet. You can respond with like, Oh my God, this is so delicious. Like I love sweet potatoes or I love apple pie and just like come back with something neutral, something positive. And like by doing so, like you're not only, um, you know, continuing to focus on like what you're believing in, but also like you're helping to plant really small seeds. And the more we can hear people say like, there, there is no good or bad food. Like there's just food and you know, this food is delicious and that helps other people, even if they don't recognize it. It's like planting really small subconscious seeds. Yep, exactly. So with that, you know, we hope some of these tips around the biggest you know, Thanksgiving concerns has been helpful. And Lauren and I are sending love to all of you. We know that the holidays can be a challenging time for people, but we hope that you can be able to spend time with loved ones, enjoy food without the stress. And we'll definitely come back with more holiday additions, you know, as the year goes on. Thanks guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.